Welcome to Rhema for Today Radio. And notice the 16th verse, moreover when you fast. Now you see, he is still talking to him, the same subject, same desertion. He had said to him, when thou prayest, use not vain repetition as the heathen do. He said, uh, when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. Then when you fast, be not as the hypocrites. When you fast, be not as the hypocrites. See, this goes right along with praying. Well, now, how do the hypocrites do? They are of a sad countenance. See, they want everybody to know I'm fasting. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the classic series, What Jesus Taught About Prayer by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's classic message. Notice here, in that 10th verse, Thy kingdom come. Now you see, here's a prayer that's praying and talking about when the kingdom comes. Now, some folks are still looking for the kingdom to come. But let's see what the Word of God said about the kingdom coming. Now, notice that's the kingdom of God. Now, turn with me to Luke's Gospel. Luke's Gospel, the 17th chapter. And notice the 20th and 21st verses. And when he, that is Jesus, was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come. Well, thy kingdom come. It must be the kingdom of God. You're praying to God, thy kingdom come. He was demanded of the Pharisees. Didn't say they just asked him. <laughs> Amen. Demanded of the Pharisees. When the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, lo, here, in other words, here's the kingdom, or lo, there, there's the kingdom. For behold, the kingdom of God is, what's that next word? Amen. Within you. Hallelujah. You're in the kingdom, and the kingdom's in you. Praise God. Now, turn over to Colossians, the first chapter, and see here that Paul is writing to the church at Colossae. That is people who've come into the kingdom and the kingdom's in them. Now notice what he said in the 13th verse, who, that is the Father God, hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into what? The kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now then notice Turn back to Romans for just a moment. We could give other scriptures, but I think these three are sufficient. Turn back to Romans, the 14th chapter, and let's notice the 17th verse. For the kingdom of God, well, now that's plain, isn't it? The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, what is it? But righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. 
Now look at the 18th verse. For he that in these things serveth Christ. In what things serveth Christ? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable of God and approved of men. So the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, and we have that now, so we're in the kingdom of God now. Now. So then, see, we're not praying, thy kingdom come, because we're in the kingdom. Now, those folks that haven't been in the kingdom might pray that. But the problem is that they keep on praying it and never get in the kingdom. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Now, let's go just a little further here. Let's turn back here to Matthew now, where we were there. Let's read just a little bit further in this same chapter. That's the sixth chapter. And notice the 16th verse, moreover when you fast. Now you see, he is still talking to him, the same subject, same discussion. He had said to him, when thou prayest, use not vain repetition as the heathen do. He said, uh, when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. Then when you fast, be not as the hypocrites. When you fast, be not as the hypocrites. See, this goes right along with praying. Well, now how do the hypocrites do? They are of a sad countenance. See, they want everybody to know I'm fasting. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Amen? Now you see, in all of these areas of praying and fasting, and so on and so forth, if we don't have a balanced view of what the Bible said, we do more harm than we do good a lot of times, and mislead people. Well, does the Bible teach fasting? Well, yes. However, there are no instructions in the letters written to the church, there are no instructions about fasting. In fact, the church is not told to fast. Now, they are told to pray. Paul, in one of the letters written to the church, our churches said, uh, you know, cease not to pray. Hallelujah. And again and again, instructions are given about prayer. Now, the only thing about fasting in the letters written to the church is that Paul just stated that he did fast. Amen? He stated that he did fast. In fastings often, he said. But, but why aren't there any instructions? Why aren't we told to fast in any of the letters? We're told to pray. Pray without ceasing. Amen, aren't we? We're told to pray. Paul... James, Peter, John, Jude. 
Every single one of them mentions praying in some form or another. Jude says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Amen. Peter talks about prayer from several different angles. One of them is from the husband and wife angle. We'll look at some of these scriptures in depth later on if we can get to them. He talks about husbands dwelling with their wife and honoring their wives. Now notice he made this expression, that your prayers be not hindered. Then evidently husbands and wives can hinder their praying. And husbands' attitude toward their wife can hinder their praying. Don't shout me down now just because I'm meddling. Well, I'm sure of this one thing. If a husband's attitude toward his wife could hinder their praying, a wife's attitude toward her husband could hinder their praying. John, then, has much to say about praying. This is the confidence that we have in him. We ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Glory to God. Amen? And then Paul, who wrote the most letters to the churches, again and again, as we pointed out, mentions about praying and encourages the church to pray. But neither Paul, nor John, nor James, nor Peter. I didn't quote James, so I better go back to James. That fifth chapter, you know, we're all acquainted with James 5, 14. Is any sick among them called the elders of the church? Let them pray over him, nor all the name of the Lord. Prayer of faith, save the sick, the Lord shall raise him up. And if he committed sin, it shall be forgiven him. But the uh, next verse says, pray ye one for another. Pray one for another. That's, that's just the lame and not the elder. Pray ye one for another that you may be healed. The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Hallelujah. I like the Amplified Translation. It says the, the, the uh, continued, fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So James is encouraging believers to pray, isn't he? All right. Paul, James, John, Peter, John, Jude, every apostle that wrote letters to the church encourages them to pray, says something about praying. Not a one of them said anything about fasting. Other than Paul did state that he fasted. What I'm saying is no instructions are given. Now I wonder why. Well, I think the main thing is that God leaves that up to you and the Holy Ghost, praise the Lord, as he may lead you. But then Jesus gives some instructions here about it that when you do fast, don't appear unto men to fast. I've seen people get up and say, well, I'm on my 12th day of a 30-day fast. I thought, oh, dear God, they're wasting all. They've already wasted 12 days, and they're going to waste 18 more now. <laughs> I've heard preachers do it. Yeah, the Lord laid on my heart. I'm going to fast 30 days. I was holding a meeting one time to pastor. Well, she's an ordained minister too. Every night she'd get up and say, Sister so-and-so's on her fourth day of her. Well, she's going to fast, I think, 18 days. 18 or 14 days. 14-day fast. How many of you will join me? Every day she got one or two more idiots to join her. <laughs> Someone said, I wouldn't talk that way. Well, you have to wake people up sometimes. <laughs> Amen. So you have to awaken folks sometime. Amen. Amen. And then things started happening in the meeting 
people got blessed. In fact, in fact, they stated that, the, and they'd been pastors there. She and her husband, both of them ordained ministers. They'd been, they'd built this church, beautiful brick church, large auditorium. In fact, the largest auditorium in the city of any full gospel church. They'd been pastors there, I think, 25 years, 20 some odd years, quarter of a century. And they say this is the greatest revival. That is more, in, in many respects, more people got healed in the revival that they ever had. Now, they'd had others that equal as many got saved, but they said this is the most people in any meeting we've ever had that's got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In fact, tell you the truth about the matter, pastor said there's more people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in this meeting than any other five or ten years put together since we've been here. Just one meeting. Think about that. But she'd get up every night and take credit for it. Said, Sister so-and-so's fasting. Isn't it wonderful? God's moving because I'm fasting. Well, I sat there and thought, I knew what was going to happen before we got here because I prayed and believed God. Your fasting didn't have a thing well to do with it. Now, it'd be all right if she wanted to fast, but when she gets up and brags about it, that's all wrong and attracts attention under herself. She's already got her reward. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Call now to get this month's special offer, Lynette's Bargain Bag, Activating Your Faith Package. The mini-book, Faith Takes Back What the Devil's Stolen by Ken Hagen. The mini-book, Blueprint for Building Strong Faith by Ken Hagen. The book, Speak to Your Mountain by Ken Hagen. The slimline book, The Real Faith by Kenneth E. Hagen. The book, Exceedingly Growing Faith by Kenneth E. Hagen. And the single CD, Words by Kenneth E. Hagen. These are being offered for a price of $19.95. Don't delay. Act right now. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. For even faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now... Let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. And don't forget, we got the camp meeting coming up on yes. Sunday. Uh, start Sunday, July the 20th through That's Friday right. night, July the 25th, right here on the Rama campus. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagen, What Jesus Taught About Prayer. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen.